Welcome to WTTS In Conversation. I'm Matt Pelser. I'm going to start this off in a weird way. I'm not going to play all of it because it gets even nerdier than this, but this is a small piece of the after chat that Ben Rector and I had following the interview. In the Zoom call, he's pointing at my microphone. It's a, it's a, it's a rad setup. What is what is that one? The, this one here? Yeah. This is a Shure 556. It's the professional version of that of the Shure Unidyne. Okay, okay, that, that's enough. Trust me when I say you don't want to hear anymore. We geeked out on recording gear <laughs> for several minutes after we were officially done talking. After this interview, I felt like we were buds. He's just got that effect on people, I guess. Ben Rector's the real deal. His new album, The Joy of Music, is out. We talk about the Jim Henson's Creature Shop character, Joy, that was created for the album. We talk about all the saxophone on the record, Dave Koz, Kenny G. Snoop Dogg collaborated on the song Sunday. We talk about what they didn't use from what Snoop sent over. And recently, a dream of his came true when he got to play golf with Huey Lewis. We had a great time. I hope you have a good time listening. He's playing TCU Amphitheater at White River State Park, May 14th. It's WTTS In Conversation with Ben Rector. Oh, got to start my video. Is this... Oh, you don't... If you if you don't want to, it's no biggie. I like, I like oh, video because no. I like seeing you. Hey, there you 100%. are. <laughs> I, I feel like it's so funny, man. I've done a million Zooms, and I feel like every time I turn it on, I'm like, I don't know what's coming up. <laughs> Is that better? Hey, one, two, one, two. Yeah, yeah. I just listened to it twice, and and now and now I'm all happy, man. I had it blaring <laughs> in here. It's so good, awesome, man. Thank um, you, thank the, you. The joy of music. Uh, it's out. I got I got the vinyl. Mine's clear. It's a clear red vinyl. Are they all like that? No. So that's only a few of them. There's like the majority of them are kind of a blue color. Oh, and okay. We have a few. Basically, the red ones. I think the red ones were going to be for record stores, and they came in first. And then we got a ton of blue ones. And so like, it's, it's just really, it's like a fewer of them are red and we haven't sold them yet, but like, yeah, it's, it's because they came in early enough that we could like give them to people. Oh man. Oh, well, I, I love it. I mean, two listens Thanks, in, I'm already singing along. It's just awesome. so great. So joyful. Imagine that. Yeah, um, yeah. okay. So, so joy, the big red Jim Henson creature on the front. That's, yes, that's the yes. name, right? Yep. Okay. Indeed. So how did joy come about like what made you decide you needed that part man it's uh, honestly and what's so funny is i need to like actually go back and look i feel like some of the interviews that i've done that's a common question and i feel like last winter was such like a fever dream it was like i was <laughs> like i was coming up with a lot of music i don't really know what was going on and kind of the idea for the short film and joy came out in there but i really don't remember what made me be like I need to make a giant Muppet creature. Like, I don't remember exactly what made me think that, but um, essentially the, the short, the kind of like story for the short film kind of started to come together, which was metaphorically. And it actually happened uh, in the film. It's like, I fell asleep, woke up, didn't know I was dreaming. And joy sort of like leads me through all of these like different music videos. And I like rediscovered joy of music, which metaphorically is what happened in COVID. Cause it was like, the world stopped. I didn't have anything to do. And then I was like, oh, like I can do whatever I want. I'm going to write music. And so I don't remember when I was like, we're going to have a giant red creature. But at some point I did think that. And then we started pursuing it. And now it exists, which is wild. <laughs> I mean, so there's so there's symbolism there. I mean, I saw the video for Dream On mm -hmm. and, and the whole short film. He kind of represents where this album came from, finding the joy again. Can you 
just kind of bring us through that part of the journey a little bit? Yeah. And I think like, so basically I started doing this professionally in college, which at this point was a long time ago and grew up in Oklahoma. So like no one around me was a professional musician. And so as soon as it started to kind of become my job and take off a little bit, I was like, this is awesome. And then as happens with any job, you look up and it's like stressful and you're managing a lot of people and like, there's like financial risk. And then there's like ego risk of like, I hope I don't look silly. I hope people like this. And the better stuff went, the higher the stakes became for me in all forms. And the further away I felt from just like, remember when I just would sit down and write a song, like, you know, writing a song, which is really my favorite part of it became like the first like step in like a giant Rube Goldberg, like the soccer ball hits the dominoes, hits the bricks, whatever. And it used to be just like, just, the song was enough. I was like, that was so fun. I loved it. And basically the the better stuff went, it was like, all right, I wrote some songs and now we got to like start this machine and like do the pictures and the videos and the PR and the radio and the whatever. And so, um, and that's not at all to say that like I was bummed out, like I'm super grateful that it's my job, but I think that stuff can expand to take up like your whole life to where like the the joy you find and what you started doing is like such a small part of it, which is again, fine. Like it is, I'm so thankful to have it as a job. It doesn't need to feel like a vacation to me, but I think I started to realize when there was no more like deadlines, when we didn't know shows would happen again, or like when like you could go record, I found like with no agenda that what I really wanted to do was write all the time. I was like, that's what I love. Like, and there was no like, okay, I got to finish these songs so we can get in the studio. It was just like, what I want to do today is like go for a walk and write a song and hang out with my daughter. And so for the first time, that's what I was able to do. And there was no like, we got to get the tour manager squared away for the one-off or whatever. It was just like, nothing's going on, man. And so in a weird way, that helped me to like, remember what I loved about it and like recalibrate a little bit to be like, Hey, like this is such a gift. I want to operate with that reality or like with that perspective, because like, it's so wonderful that I get to do this. And I kind of always knew that, but it's just easy to forget it when like so many other things kind of like creep in there. Well, okay. So you've got a business degree or at least your education background is in business. Mm -hmm. And as an independent artist for so long, you kind of have to handle everything yourself And so I can see where all of that kind of gets in the way of the joy and then finding the joy again. Thank goodness you did because so many artists I'm sure don't. I'm sure it's been very beneficial to your career, but have you also found that having the business knowledge kind of gets you a little too close to that part of it sometimes? I I think it does. And I think definitely a, a big part of my story is that I'm an independent artist. And with that comes like you wear a few more hats, but I also think like, for an artist of any, like for a label artist or independent or whatever, if things start moving, there is is just a lot to manage. Like there's, you know, if you're going to go play a concert and you care about it, there's just a lot of moving parts of that. And like, I definitely think I'm probably wired to be more, um, I care more about the details and I want to do a good job of that stuff. That's important. But yeah. But I think honestly, like anybody independent artist or not has a lot to worry about. Definitely for me, I feel like what would come with if I had a, a label, you know, there's a lot more people which can be good and bad. Um, and for me, I'm so used to kind of like having control over what I'm doing that I don't think I would actually love that. Um, and so because of that, yeah, it's like I am kind of touching a lot of the parts of it that maybe I wouldn't if I was like, I don't know who 
just make up some person. But I think honestly, man, anytime you meet an artist who's like been doing it for a while and has some level of success, I feel like a lot of them are pretty, you know, pretty detail oriented. I think the trope of like party musicians who don't know up from down and can't tie their shoes. It's like, man, I don't, I've never met a person like that. And I feel like most of the people I meet are more like, I hate to say this, they're more like, like student council president <laughs> than they are like, I'm crazy. You know what I mean? Well, you can't really be that anymore. Can you? I mean, it's just not you, you can't. the climate. You know? No, there, I think there's, there's, there's too, too many different things asked of artists and not, I don't say that as a negative, but like, I think used to like, Led Zeppelin could probably like roll in on the plane and be like, we're here to rock and then we're out. And now it's like, no, man, like you got to come in and like talk to people and like do stuff. And if you're mean to anybody, that's just not going to fly. And I feel like back in the day, it was just like, I'm a rock star, whatever. So I, I don't, I haven't met anybody like that. That's done it for a long time. Well, luckily I don't think you'd be very good at being mean to anybody for any I'd, reason. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be great at it. I wouldn't be great at it. <laughs> um, you got a couple of famous saxophone guys on the record. Dave Cause, <laughs> God, this incredible saxophone He's work. So good. And man. and a great solo on the song Supernatural. It's just so much energy behind his playing. And then you got a very different kind of player, Kenny G. Right. Smoothing right. it over on hanging out. Yeah. And and you know, it's one other fun fact. There's one other saxophone song on the record. It's called We Will Never Be This Young Again. Yeah. And it's by a guy named Kenny Holman. And okay. Kenny Holman plays with like he plays with Wolfpack, and he's like a sort of famous Minneapolis saxophone player. So when we did hanging out, the producer that I work with on most of this stuff, we like produce it together. I was like, let's get saxophone on hanging out. And it was like, oh, dude, Kenny Holman's down the street. I'll send it to him. He'll record it. He sent it. It was great. And I was like, dude, what if we got Kenny G to do it? And it's it was been like, another no Kenny. way, man. Right. So basically, <laughs> Kenny G ended up replacing Kenny H, oh. which is like, truly nuts that's like truth stranger than fiction but uh yeah so dave cause is like i don't know dude he's like a freak athlete on the saxophone it's he really so that's unreal. a perfect way to describe him because you yeah. can hear just how freaking good he is and it's and honestly dude like people don't understand how hard saxophone is like his timing his intonation like it's like a video game and then what's interesting is like kenny g is like a similar thing but it's almost like it's like more like artistic it's not like brute strength it's kind of like smooth like beautiful like ballet there's subtle uh, inflection in his play. totally yeah yeah and uh it, it's honestly hilarious and wild that they're both on the record and I, like truly man i wasn't like i'm gonna get cool people to feature on this record it was literally just stuff that i thought sounded fun i was like what if we got kenny g and then <laughs> kenny g was like let's do it i was like no way would that crazy. have been possible were it not for the pandemic do you think i mean i i, I don't want to ask you know these hypotheticals or whatever but but no. it's like people were people were doing stuff for other people during the pandemic i, I here's what i think i think that it was easier to get a hold of people quicker okay. i think like i think there is incentive for there's more incentive now for people to collaborate than there used to be so i don't think that it was necessarily like would it or wouldn't have it have happened i think what's more likely is it would have been a way way harder to have everyone be available like mm. the choir on best life they were all just like hey it's three people they were just hanging around like it was like let's put a church choir on this and the next day it was on it if it was like the real world, it would have been like, oh, sorry, like Bill's on the road and like Susie can't come or whatever. Same with the collaborators. I think like 
I don't think they would have been like, I'm not going to do this. It just might be like, sorry, dude, I'm on tour. And like, I'll see you when I get home, if I can get to it. It definitely helped that it was just like, we were all just like sitting around and it was like, you want to play on this song? And they were like, totally. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think that's a great observation. I think it, it helped fully realize ideas faster than I think it, they would have been realized without that. Well, I wonder then if COVID set a weird precedent for some artists, you know, like, yeah, because it was so easy to collaborate at this time, will the same expectation be kept for the future? I mean, obviously everybody's out on tour right now. Um, right. It's a little harder, but. I don't know about collaboration. I, the, the, my bigger question is I feel like, and this is kind of collaboration, but I feel like there's so much content and like internet activity. It became like its own world. And now that the world has opened up again, I'm kind of like, what's going to happen because nobody can make, you know, I'm not very active on TikTok, but like nobody can make all of the content that they were making and also do their like professional sport. Like it's like, oh, I, I can't do that stuff because I'm playing golf again on the PGA Tour. So like that's honestly my biggest question is probably that. I think the collaboration, as long as there's incentives for both parties, that can happen. It'll just be a little slower probably. My bigger question is just like, everybody being like so available all the time, just like machine gunning content. It's just like, well, as soon as people's jobs pick back up, it's going to, that's going to have to slow down. Yeah. But maybe it won't. I don't know. It's so funny. You mentioned TikTok Cause I remember the note to yourself that I saw on the video for, for dream on learn TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Cause I've, I'm kind of in the same journey right now. It's like, all right, there are some people who are really good at this. I don't know if I have any interest in being great at this, but yeah. it seems like people are having fun with it. Right. And, and it, it is tough to know because it's like, I don't want to be, this is like the first wave of stuff that I've been like, I think I might be too old for this because it's like <laughs> both age and like stage of life where it's like, dude, I, I barely have enough time to like do my job well. And there's like an army of like 16 year olds that are like, I'm going to post 12 a day. Um, but <laughs> How I, do you do it? Right. But the, I mean, the reality is it's like, I've now met those kids. I'll tell you how they do it. It's all they do from like when they wake up to when they go to sleep. Yeah. But I, I, I'm with you. It's like, I want to be like flexible and willing to be like, dude, yeah, I'll learn a new thing. Totally. Whatever. Then there's also the weird part of it. That's like, but man, like I like what I need to be doing right now, like what I was doing before this interview and what I'll keep doing after it. I need to be practicing the songs for the tour. So that when people come to the show, they're like, wow, you're really good at this. And if I like do TikTok all day, every day, they're going to be like, yeah, you're all right. It's like, I'm a, I'm a musician. I'm not really a content creator, but also that that's kind of part of the job. So I don't know, man. Hire one of those 16 year olds, I guess. Um, I know you, I mean, but yeah, it's hard. It's hard. I don't, it's, it's tough. I got to ask about Snoop now. Now I love Snoop Dogg, but we're yes. a rock station. Sometimes people get picky about that kind of thing, but we're thinking about playing the song, It, but he, he's not just doing a rap break. You know, he sits perfectly right there in the mix it it just feels like you couldn't do the song without him like he truly belongs there it can't be that easy to get snoop dogg and in a way that it just it, it and in a way that truly feels like a collaboration it's not just hey yeah. can you knock out a verse or whatever how'd you pull that off yeah well great question so snoop was definitely the most complicated of the features because it's snoop dogg right and so uh i'm a, I'm a pessimist by nature and basically i finished the song and I was like, we got to get Snoop on this, which again is crazy. <laughs> it's insane. Like, I'm like the least cool dream big. Like, I mean, literally. And I was just like, why not? Like, all I could say is no. So he liked the song. And then basically they came to me and they were like, okay, 
I was like, make, can we make sure he'll do it clean? And they're like, yeah, yeah, he'll do it clean. But then his manager is like, here's how this goes with Snoop, just to make sure you still want to do this. He'll do the rap and he's only going to do it once, no redos. It's basically just like, good luck out there. He's the best. That's it. So I'm, I'm like, a, I'm a control freak. I'm like, do I do everything a ton of times? I like try to make it just right. Oh. And so I was like, we came all this way, man. Like, let's do it. So basically, it was while him and Kevin Hart were doing the Oscars. So there was like a week that he didn't do it because he was up early doing that. So they finally sent the verse. And like, basically, the reason it sounds so like much of a collaboration is because he basically rapped about the second line he did was about blunts. And I was just like, Snoop, you can't do that, man. That's illegal where I live. And there's like going to be a bunch of like sweet like soccer moms or like their kids that are not going to want to rap about that. So basically <laughs> I went in and like deleted parts of his rap and rapped over him. And basically it ended up actually working way better than it would have originally. I am so surprised to hear that because you're, it just, it's like a fur coat is wrapped around that song, man. <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfect. And, and, and honestly, dude, it really, in a weird way, because for a second I was like, and I think like he's probably just like, dude, like that's that's like a big part of my life. There's nothing wrong with it. And it's like, I get that, but I just think for a lot of people, they're gonna be like, nah, man, like I don't that doesn't feel like what this should feel like to me. And so I feel like in a weird way, I did that like the morning I got it, because I was like, I just gotta fix this. And then I was like, whoa, this is actually really cool. Cause I was just gonna go back to him and be like, hey man, like you gotta do this again. And then in a weird way, my like first attempt at being like, what could this sound like was actually like, oh, this is actually what it's supposed to be. And then they were super cool about it. Like they're like, oh, awesome. But it was funny. And it's funny because I feel like everybody who hears the song, I think it's like, dude, you and Snoop high five and about this song. And I'm like, I mean, not exactly. But he, I mean, he, I feel like he was, he was great about it. And like, I'm sure if I had been like, hey, can we try this again? I'm sure he would have been like, yeah, dude, let's try it again. But it ended up like what I sent back was like, that was kind of it. I, he, you didn't need to do it again. With the way you pulled it together, it's just, it was just brilliant. Um, Thanks, man. Thank you. So I got to ask about this. Uh, let me mm -hmm. just say how much I love Newey Lewis and the Hughes. Your <laughs> Huey Lewis covers EP. I mean, we're going back like eight years here. This is deep. But, and, and, and if you haven't heard these yet, you, the listener, they're, they're on YouTube. There's video. It's great. So I heard that you played golf with him in February. Dude, just the <laughs> highlight of my whole life. So my, da my dad is a big Huey Lewis and the News fan, and I listened to them in the car with him when I was like, whatever, 10. And yeah. I kind of thought it was like cheesy dad Me music. too, me too. As I got older, I was like, oh my gosh, this is like some of the, it's like he has probably the best voice, male, best male voice in pop music, I think. Star power. It's like, yeah, it's unbelievable. And so uh, I did the covers thing just because I love Huey Lewis. And so there's a golf tournament called the AT&T. And it's like, it's the only one that's like this. It's basically a pro-am, which means <clears throat> the whole tournament is an amateur paired with a pro. And they have, it's not many celebrities, but there's some celebrities every year. And basically you play in the whole tournament with a pro golfer. And so I got asked to go do music for the tournament and they were like, Hey, like maybe this is a good way to like get to know you and like, have you played in the tournament in the future? And like, that's my dream. I'm like, I love golf. And that's like the Grammys of people that are into golf, but not professional golfers. And so I was like, yeah, it's great. And I get out there and they were like, Hey, actually, could you replace Huey Lewis in the tournament? And I was like, uh, yeah, absolutely. And they're like, but is it cool 
he like he's gonna walk with your group the whole time and i was just like you're literally just like telling me like i won the lottery so basically i'm playing this golf tournament and i'd like hit my shot and then it's just me and huey walking down the fairway talking about life and i was just like beside myself the whole time it truly it was one of the coolest experiences of my entire life it was incredible and he was the best guy he was like uh, just everything you'd want him to be. He was awesome. That is so fantastic. I mean, yeah. you played it pretty cool. I saw the Instagram post. You can go through your, your Instagram feed and he's there. You played it cool, but I'm sure in your head, it was just, I I, I had to tell him at first, I was like, I, I was like, I don't want to make this weird. I really like your music and it's been a big influence on me. And I, after that I was like, I'm just not, I'm not going to geek out too much. So just like going to let him lead this and not going to be like, when you, when you guys did power of love, like, <laughs> What was that like? I didn't do any of that. I was just like, we just kind of talked about golf and life. It felt like we were like buddies, which is cool. But Did dude, it was, I was trying so hard to play it cool. Um, well, Ben Rector, what a pleasure it is to talk to you. I got to say, my sister has been a huge fan for a long time. And when she found out that I was talking to you, she lost her mind. She wanted me to <laughs> make sure that I told you how much she appreciates your music and that you were you were her comfort music during the pandemic. Um, oh, that's so she, that's so kind. Tell her thank you for listening. Of course. So so thank you. Um, and you've got a new fan in me too. Great stuff. Thanks, man. Ben Rector, go see him May fourteenth at TCU Amphitheater at White River State Park. Ben, thank you. Absolutely, man. Great to talk to you. This has been WTTS In Conversation. Subscribe to this podcast and find more at WTTSFM.com, where you can also stream us. I'm on every weekday morning. Follow WTTS on socials at WTTSFM. I'm at Matt Pelser Radio. Back again in a couple weeks. Talk to you then.